0: I'm Sasha DeWitt, and this is the Studio Notes podcast, the show where I chat with artists about the real-life stuff of being an artist. Hi, and welcome to Studio Notes with me, Sasha DeWitt, and today's guest, Hazel, also known as Nochella the Drawer. Hazel is an illustrator, muralist, and adventurer. And first, I'd like to ask you about your name, Nocella the Drawer. Uh, does it have a special meaning to you?
1: Yeah, so it really does because it's actually Italian. So it means hazelnut. And when I was living in Italy, um, my name was quite hard to pronounce. And I'm someone that loves to travel and also communicate with people. So it was much easier for me to use the name Nocciola, uh, which means hazelnut, for, you know, to have that extra connection with people. And so then I ended up making my artist name, Nocciola the Drawer. I love it. I love um, when you sign
0: your name on things, you have the nice, lovely splat and you have Nocella, the drawer, in there as well. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's quite long, so I didn't really think about that when you're (laughs) signing a mural. (laughs) If you You had had it to do again, do you think you would just have it be one word, just Nocella or...? No, for me, um, the drawer is important as well because everything that I do starts with drawing. And for me, I think drawing is such a gateway into the creative industry, and everyone starts with drawing as a child. So for me, that was important to be part of my name as well.
0: Oh, that's really wonderful. And that takes us on to my next question because I really wanted, I'm really fascinated with people's um, artistic journeys and how they get into a create the creative industries. So I'd love to hear about how you began, you know, was it in your childhood? Did you go to art school or are you self-taught? So I'd love to hear about those kinds of things.
1: Yeah I think it's always so interesting because it's always so different for everyone and I don't think there is a linear path to get into the creative industry. Um, I always drew as a child I always was interested in creative things just the arts in general like I did tried every kind of dancing like every time kind of sport and then I tried every kind of creativity so and my mum I remember she taught me how to draw ballet shoes and then that went into you know, trying to draw every kind of shoe and then um from there I did like pottery making and I was just always interested in the creative well not the creative industry just being creative yeah um so I knew that it was something that I wanted to do but it was actually an art teacher when you choose GCSEs in England I was actually quite nerdy at school so I quite enjoyed every subject and I think it's a thing of being curious so I just really enjoyed everything but there is that kind of pressure to do things you're good at so I was actually not going to choose art for GCSE because there were certain blocks that you had to pick and you know if if it's not in that block it clashes with another class etc so but at parents evening my art teacher said to my parents Hazel should pick art and um that really like helped me because it's not like I was exceptionally good at art I just loved creating I remember watching like changing rooms when I was younger and I'd design rooms I would like get pen felt it pens and make like the floor layout of a a hotel or a apartment for my barbies because I didn't have like a barbie house and I was just always doing something creative um and then yeah that was I feel like a real turning point and her believing that I should take art And then from there, I like flew with it. I just really enjoyed. And she was a really great teacher because she really encouraged experimenting. And so I like experimented with everything when I was at school, like, you know, all through GCSE and through A-Level and just really enjoyed it. My artwork wasn't necessarily stuff people liked. Like when people came into the art rooms, they weren't like, wow, that's an amazing picture because it was really about the process and experimenting rather than some people that created like a nice looking picture. (laughs) So Mm. that, it was really like my curiosity. And then I decided that I wanted to be a fashion designer. I was a teenage girl. I was a spoken, the language of clothes. I I experimented with what I wore and I always couldn't understand when like people just always wore black. (laughs) For me, it was like trying things, another way to be creative. So I think that's what drew me to um, wanting to do fashion design because it was a way that you could be creative. Um, I'm always like interested in inspiring and empowering women. And I even, you know, as a teenage girl, I was like that. And so I knew I wanted to do women's wear. Didn't know anything really about fashion, about the fashion industry. Um, my mum made her own clothes. So she taught me how to sew and I'd make clothes for like my dolls when I was younger and things like that um but I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer because it seemed like a really good way to be creative and actually I didn't think an artist or illustrator I didn't know there were jobs that you could have so I decided I wanted to be a fashion designer and I asked my mum this the other day actually because at 16 my parents lived in Belgium and I was like I need to go to London there's a week course for 16 to 18 year olds to try fashion school for a week and Um, see if you like it before you like apply to university and uh, um, it was at it wasn't at the London College of Passion it was Central Saint Martins and I was like I have to go I have to do it and I thinking back I was like how did you let me just go on the Eurostar by myself and spend a week in London like (laughs) that's mad and my mum said that you were really persistent. You wouldn't let us not let you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a lot of your personality as well. You're quite a go getter, and you just go and get
1: things done and just focus. Yeah, yeah, I am. When when I've got something in my head, like I want to do it. So I did that a week, and I really enjoyed it. I met loads of other people, that is amazing too. And I love being in London. And then um, I decided then yes I definitely want to study fashion but on that course she said if you come here to Central Saint Martins it's survival of the fittest you won't see a tutor and we won't teach you you just have to learn to survive and I was like I literally know nothing about the fashion industry I want to learn about it I want to learn how to work in it how to do it and that's not going to work for me because I've come straight from art like I just did art a level it wasn't design or anything like that all my stuff was like painting or photography or clay. Like it was all different things. Um, and I didn't know how to be a fashion designer. And so I decided to go to Northumbria University. Um, for me, that was in the northeast of England. It's where my mum's from. And um, it wasn't really that swayed it. It was the course. It had a year in industry, like in the middle of the course. Wow. That's amazing
0: so- because not mm-hmm. a lot of um art courses do
1: that yeah so that's like I was set I mean I applied to other ones (laughs) as well but that's the one I really wanted to go to because I was like oh so they actually teach you like how to pattern cut all that sort of thing but also there's a year where you have to go work in industry and it's like a requirement of the course and it's a bit strange because it's like halfway through your second year and halfway through your third year so it doesn't really fit with um like the normal university timings you're kind of completely out of sync of everyone else that you make friends with at university but I knew I wanted to do that and it was actually my art teacher the reason why I got in so I got invited to interview and it's in person where you take your portfolio and it was actually during like my school holidays and my parents had already booked my flight to go back to Belgium because I went to school in the UK um to see them (laughs) and so um I was like i can't go i can't go to the interview and i was like and you'll know this from the things that i say and things i sell myself like i'm the one that sells and i was like my work like i wasn't stupid i i wasn't thinking i'm an amazing artist i'm gonna get in to everything but i was like it's me that sells my artwork i'd been to a couple of interviews with other universities and i was like it's me telling them like the meaning showing the passion my enthusiasm that really gets me the places that the, out on the courses. If I just send, it was that time, it was CDs. If I just send my CD to them, like, they're not going to get it. I'm not going to get in. I'm not going to get a place. And I was like, there's no point in even sending it. And then my art teacher just send it. So <laughs> I sent it and um, I got in, I got offered a place. And so I ended up going to Northumbria for fashion design. So that was quite a long story to that point. <laughs> I mean, you know, how you went
0: through GCSEs and did your A-levels and then ended up doing fashion design. And I loved that, you know, that week that you spent at Central St. Martin's, that they were so honest about what their program had to offer and that you could see the benefit of going someplace else and someplace that had, um, you know, a very practical year in the industry. So actually, even that journey alone, um, you know, like not a lot of people get to do that. So that's really interesting to hear about.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's like... It's so good because I probably would have applied to all the ones in London because you think it's the centre of fashion. That's where I need to be. Um, And so, yeah, I was really glad that I ended up doing that week because I wouldn't have known. I would probably would have, if I'd got in, I would have just turned up in London and been like, ah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe been overwhelmed
0: even by by it all. Um, And then what's interesting, so you, you went to study fashion design And I can see some of that in your illustrative work, like how that has translated. But how about for you, like that journey from then studying fashion design to what you're doing um, with your illustration work?
1: So that is not as a straight path as what I've just described. It never is. It never is. It's a couple of loops around the world and a million other different jobs. But um, doing the course, like I loved the year in industry. That was like my favourite I ended up working for three different brands very different Uh, so I did three months uh, in London um, working for a high-end designer catwalks things like that then I did six months in the south of France working for element um, so like billabong surfwear like very much lifestyle wear and then um, I did a week at London fashion week and then I did three months working for a lingerie brand um, in London and so I loved all of that I literally packed in the whole year you didn't have to do a whole year it was like requirement to do six months but I wanted to get as much much out of it as possible to know where I wanted to go as well so I loved the variety of that year and having the different clients and thinking about the different design directions and the different opportunities you know like I went to Spain with Element and pitched their new collection to the global team and hearing like oh, yeah, brown works really well in Germany, but it doesn't work well in Spain and all that sort of thing. And so I loved all of that. But I got to the end of my course um, and it was near the end and I was thinking, what's next? Like, I don't actually see myself as a catwalk designer. Like, for me, I really love relating to people and my friends didn't get it, like, catwalks. I loved Alexander McQueen. Like, I love the storytelling and the the like kind of event of the catwalk and all that part but none of my friends got it they're like I don't understand I've never wear that and I really like relating to people and just the people around me did not relate to that at all and then I didn't really like being a high street fashion designer it just seemed like you were churning out similar stuff it just didn't seem right for me either and I was like oh I've done like all this like what next um so I actually went to a talk at my st- uh, at Northumbria University there was a woman that come from Kingston University she'd set up a new master's program there and it was about like interdisciplinary design like I did my dissertation on how fashion becomes the skin and like how like it's really radical forward thinking of fashion and the body immer- like coming together and I, I loved that and um she her program was kind of a bit about that as well and so i'd never thought about doing masters for me like i didn't go to do a foundation course or anything before my fashion because i knew i wanted to do fashion and i wanted to get you know learn so i could get to industry quicker and so um i'd never thought about masters because again i'm not super talented like it wasn't that i was creating these amazing things that you know I'm gifted or anything but I'm super enthusiastic really hardworking, working and lo- like lead with passion when I create so um, yeah I thought master's programs were only for like super talented people and so um, she talked about her master program how you like also work with different brands like not fashion brands like other industries and it really intrigued me And I was lucky enough that my dad worked in the military. He worked for NATO. And if you do continuous education, like your child does continuous education, you get funding for it. But if you take a year off, like you can't do any more. So I kind of saw that opportunity. I was very lucky. And I thought, well, she talked about this. I don't imagine myself going into high street or high end. I still want to do something with fashion, but I don't know what it is. And this program seems so interesting. So I managed to get the funding for it and um, through my dad's work. And then I did it part time. So down in Kingston. So I had a job as well. So I worked as a bridal consultant in London. I uh, yeah. <laughs> the job we take, know, right? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know anything about wedding, but I knew a lot about women's bodies and how they feel in clothes. And that was really about a big part of the that job. So I did that and my master's program at the same time. And that really escalated to where I am now. Not again from there, it's not a straight path, but I can see how that set me up for where I am now. Because while I was there, I saw that there was an entrepreneurial program at um, the business school. And this was like a you know an added extra. And you don't have to, it's not a paid program. It was like you, you sign up for it like after school sort of thing. And so I signed up to the entrepreneur program and there's a lot of business people, a lot of business minded people, which I'd never really been interested in business. Um, I never thought about doing business studies or anything like that. But I was seeing how people were taking ideas to businesses. Um, And we had quite a few people come in on the course as well that were talking about making your own job um, and these sort of ideas, which I hadn't really heard before and then um, also working on the program it wasn't so strict the structure of the program like a lot of people did do catwalk um, collections at the end and there was a catwalk and everything which I didn't do Um, but a lot of the modules were very experimental so you could end up doing completely different things and I actually did a mural project for one of my modules um which was like with a scent company um I didn't actually get that good a grade because they said well you didn't actually do the mural I was like how do you do a mural like how do I find a wall to paint like I just did the design like I didn't know how to do that and I was thinking what you expect me to find a wall (laughs) and in although it still didn't click and it still didn't go from here how I ended up doing murals but I've was always obsessed with street art. I love to travel. Um, London has a huge street art scene, so I, I love being down there and um, getting to know the artists that paint there and, well, their work, not the actual artists. And then, um, yeah, I've just always been obsessed with street art and the connection of all of that stuff then becomes a very long journey to where I am, but I can, looking back, I can see how those things influenced
0: yeah, you can see sort of the points along the way that
1: influenced where your art is now
0: and the murals. I love that you yeah. had something that was like a mural project without a mural yeah. and, and didn't know because that's sort of what, the reason why I want to have these conversations is because I think a lot of people see a barrier like that. Well, how do, how do I do a mural? How do I find mm-hmm. a wall? How do I do this legally? You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. How do I get started? And so it's really nice to have conversations with artists who are out there doing this because it's gonna help us share information with each other so that, you know, maybe somebody else sitting at home thinks, yeah, I wanna do a mural too. They can go to your YouTube, they can find out a lot of um, wonderful ways about how to get started. And we'll talk about that some more in just a little bit. Some of the things that you've just hit on though that I really found interesting. I mean, one thing is that I can see a link between your dissertation and the work you do now because you were talking about clothes. As skin and I know that when you draw your female figures they tend to have like patterns on their skin basically a lot of the time so I find that quite fascinating to see that link. Um,
1: Yeah exactly.
0: (laughs) And another one is you speaking about talent and you saying well I don't have talent but I have perseverance and motivation and passion and I actually I personally believe that is more important. I think we have such a weird Um, ideas around this word, this one word, talent. And you see so many people who are beginners and they feel like I'm not talented enough or I'm not this enough. And really for me and what I see is talent is nothing to do with it. Talent is usually hard work. Somebody who has drawn, you know, hundreds, 10,000 hours, um, but it is also talent is really about passion and just about getting out there and doing it. So I find that really interesting that you yourself are like, well, I'm not talented, but I am passionate and I I persevere.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can see sometimes with people that paint and they're so talented and you don't know whether it's because they've spent so long or whether they are just naturally gifted. But um, someone came up to me the other day at a street art festival and was like, how do you do this? And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, art, like how do you create? And she's like, I was like, Anyone's an artist, she's like, No, like, I could never do this, and I was like, You can, <laughs> like, um, it is just about you know where you put your interest, it's like any goal that you want to put in. Like, I've even if I'm not drawing, I'm always like consuming art, so I'm always looking at other artists' work, going to exhibitions walking the streets to find street art pieces so even when I'm not drawing like I am thinking about visuals um, and then that all adds to to my work. But I love again it goes back to this you know going back to this idea of talent
0: I just love that you know so everything's feeding into this and I when I look at you of course, I think you are so talented because I think you have a really wonderful way of being able to um, simplify things into a beautiful graphic form, like how you see the world and how you translate that in your murals and in your artwork. To me, I say, well, that's talented because I think, well, I couldn't do that. So I think talent is always just saying, well, I couldn't do that, but
1: but she can do that. So therefore you are talented. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So to me, you're very talented. <laughs> and, and and but I think like my talent is knowing myself, so and also understanding people, and a lot of that came from all the journey between my masters and now. So, um, I am a people person, so often as artists or creative, you spend a lot of time by yourself, drawing, practicing, learning, um. So it can be quite solitary, but I love people. <laughs> like I love being surrounded by people. I get off like the energy and things like that. So like, I love being the bridal consultant while I was also working on my masters because it's really about personal relationships, seeing how their relationship is with their body, how clothes can transform, how they feel, how other people's perceptions of what you should wear, um, And all this is around weddings, but all of the things I'm saying is about any day. Like, it's not necessarily wearing the wedding dress. Like, I really believe in, like, clothes transforming how you feel. And the same with colour, which is why I use a lot of colour in my work. And like you said, yeah, I do patterns on the body. So it's crazy that I actually used to make clothes, when now I'm just, like, I just draw it directly onto the body. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so my why are you saying that like talent is um understanding what my mission is what my vision is and how I want to translate that into something in artwork and I think that is what is the hardest part about being an artist you know I drew so many other people's styles I like when I I was talking with another um person that went to university same university as me but like decades before And I said, like, when we were doing fashion illustration, it wasn't digital. Digital was just coming then. So I wasn't creating anything, like, really graphic-y. But also, it was so much about, like, white space or moody looks. And now everything that I do is filled with colour and super smiles and expressive. And I think that's, like, you know, kind of going against what they were kind of trying to teach us to do um, in fashion. And the same with, like, when we draw fashion, drew fashion illustrations it was like make sure that they're um I can't remember how many heads it was like it's basically make them long and thin <laughs> <laughs> right. okay it was like each each thing that you draw on for your design illustration should be 10 heads high or something which isn't the proportions of a normal person so uh, everything that I do now is normal proportions I Maybe mean, sometimes they might be a bit not not exact but it is much more um actual people proportions <laughs> and so i can see how that all feeds into what i do as well but it's funny because for my art a level i actually did a giant piece of artwork and i don't know how i got to that point but it was like um lots of colors it was a huge piece i had to do like a step ladder it's kind of the size of a door um it's paint and collage and there was so many colors i mean there was a lot of black in there which now i don't really use black but there was every other color in it and it was a woman like naked woman diving into um water and these are all things that still feed into my work now but I just didn't realize then that that was the way and I think it's because my art teacher was so like into experimentation and trying things but then in fashion sport, it was very much trying to fit into a certain style um my final collection isn't anything that reflects what I do now but I did do a project straight after that year in industry and that would be my style it was super colorful all like these kind of frills coming out and and then obviously maybe in my final year I was so like under the stress of like this has to be good or this has to be you know fit into the industry somewhere that it came out as something that wasn't quite right so um when I did my master's my final project on my master's I created a lingerie brand this is from like the, I put in an idea to the entrepreneur program. There was a prize that you could win money for your ideas, and so I pitched my idea, and then I ended up doing it for my final project. So um I ended up you know, like getting funding from investors for a lingerie brand, and my brand was very much around women. It was a city girl with a sense of adventure, which is probably like me as well. But it was about how each person is different so i had four different ranges in one collection whereas normally a collection is like all one theme throughout and they're just variations but this was about saying how there's four different things that can be like four different people that can be different four different collections in one one season and the individuality and it was based on places in london so it was like different areas and how like that culture in those little areas inspired the lingerie collection <clears throat> so I feel like that reflected my work so much better um than what I did uh, fast uh, on my uh, on my bachelor's um and then I was suddenly a business owner but I was what like 25 24 and I was like um living in London and I then saw my future like I'm going to be in London poor for the next five years trying to make this work. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to be like stressing over that stitch isn't right. That seems not right. That color doesn't match. Like, and I was like, ah, so even though I was in a better place than I want to be, I was like, wait a minute, this isn't the kind of job that I want. I quite like the service job of like being a bridal consultant where you're like helping people and although like I'd set up a whole thing about like a community of women around the brand, like I saw the whole vision for it. I was like, I want to be having a venture right now. I, this isn't exactly what I want to do, even though I'm really happy with it. So I gave all the money back and booked a one-way ticket to Australia.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's amazing. <laughs> but I can, I can completely understand that because that sort of business ties you down whereas perhaps so you've booked your ticket you've gone to Australia I don't know at what point you started doing illustration maybe freelance because that you you can travel and do illustration freelance so what happened so when you went to Australia was that part of the journey or
1: was that yeah, just so a great time to, to go to Australia no, it fine. was it was just like feeling that need to like shake it up mm-hmm. um and then like I was always really into like sports I, I My job at university was actually in the officer training course. So I was in the military. So I would be spending the week uh, in in the studio, like creating patterns, doing design. And then I would spend the weekend in the field running around with like a group of people. (laughs) And so it's very different to what everyone else in the fashion course is doing. Um, But I always had that like sense of adventure and um, being outdoors. And so I saw that as an opportunity in Australia to do that. And actually, I didn't really have a plan. I was like, I need to make this work. I had a, um, a working visa so I could work because I didn't have the money to not. But um, so I kind of worked, and then it was strange. I was really attracted to all of the events jobs, all the in-person jobs. And I worked at so many different events um, with different communities, people and people this shows kind of how the work i do now like a lot of my work is around community i'm just always drawn to like community and what brings them people together so like i was working at an event that was like a farmer community or i was working at an event that was sexpo which is like a sex community <laughs> like... <laughs> And all these communities that, like, I was not part of and I didn't know about, and it was just really interesting. Or, like, I was working at arts festivals, um, and I was just, yeah, really attracted to all these different communities and talking with people and getting to know them and seeing kind of how the visuals completely change from one to the next. So I thought, oh, like, I'll try and figure something out creative to do but and in the end I just like did a lot of adventure and a lot of jobs with people arts festival I volunteered at them as well as working at them and just trying to soak up as much as possible um and there's loads of street art there as well in Melbourne um which is awesome too so I actually didn't have a plan and it's still a long way to where I came now. But I will. Really, I know
0: we don't have all day so well. No, okay. but that's because a lot of what you have spoken about definitely shows me where you are today because you often, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen just this one person on their own. You know, it's usually more than one 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 woman. Um, so usually like uh, multiple figures, very joyful, very, uh, you know, like, celebrating life. I always think of yourself as like a celebration of life and a celebration of women and female power. And so I definitely see all that stuff that you were doing and how it feeds into to where you are today. And then I suppose thinking about where you are today, I'd love to speak about the mural side of things. So at what point did you get started with the murals and how
1: did you begin that? Um, so from this story already you kind of see that I get an idea and I just go for it <laughs> so it hadn't clicked even though I've literally like gone all around the world chasing street art walking street art trails finding the artist work taking photographs I must have so many photographs of street art I still didn't know it was a job and that I could do it so um I kind of just one day was like I want to pay a mural like I had in the back garden a grey wall and I wanted some colour on it. And I thought I'd been doing some illustrating, but actually it wasn't till I painted that mural that it really solidified my style and knew what message I wanted to put out. And when you said about my work, it's a lot about celebrating. For me, everything I create, I have like a tagline that I follow. Like it's all with the aim to uplift, inspire, empower and celebrate. So if it doesn't fit into those, I'm not going to do it because that's the message that I want to put out to the world with my artwork. Um, So it wasn't until I actually designed, because also with digital artwork, I was very much a pencil and paper girl. (laughs) Um, But now I do a lot of my work digitally. And so um, I digitally designed this mural and um, then I painted it in my back garden and I was like, yep, that's it. Like, I'm going to do this now.
0: <laughs> and how did you like taking that step, even just taking that step from doing this and uh, doing it digitally and then getting it onto the wall? Like, where did you go to learn how to do that? Because I think for me, mm-hmm. that is the biggest barrier that I always face. I think, well, I've got an idea. I'd love to do a mural. But then I look at how huge the wall is and I think, well, how do I do
1: that? How do I start that? So it's actually, um, my boyfriend was like, oh, on YouTube, I've seen this guy that I think you would love his artwork, 10 hundred. Um, have a look and see what you think. And I loved it. And it, it's also from seeing that, um, actually made solidified my style as well. Because in fashion school, everything that you're drawing, um, the people had skin tones. So it was just like skin color. Now everything I do, all of my people are completely different colors. Um, And I use the use of color throughout the whole thing. So um, I've always been expressive with color, like the way I dress and things as well and and pattern. And so I watched this YouTube video and he created, his style is different to mine, but all of his figures had different color skin. So like jade green or like purple. And then I was like, wait, I can color in whatever color I want, like people like <laughs> you're like, like okay, it was that- a
0: big moment yeah. you like it's these times sometimes these things seem so they're so simple and yet they're huge like whoa I can do that I can just make them any color I want it just
1: really unlocked it because everything that I'd illustrated I'd always drawn painted illustrated and I was always like trying to capture the, the shade and the skin color and that's why like you said my style's very graphic before all the stuff that I did was much more in 3d um but now my style is 2d so it's really about having the impact of the color and the contrast of the color and I also don't do outlines on my figures so it's really about making the colors pop to make things stand out and so watching that knowing I can color and it was one of the things that really just like opened my brain and then I ran with it and then the other thing was that he was on YouTube showing you how to scale your artwork so um, he was showing how to create a mural. And that's another reason why I did the YouTube channel because that's what helped me, and know how to do it. And I literally just watched one of his videos about, I mean, I watched quite a lot of his videos, but I watched one about how to scale the artwork and then I did it. And I sent a, a video to him like, thanks so much, I've done my first mural because of that video. And, um, and now I have videos on YouTube saying the same because that's what people don't know how to do because if you can draw small paint small you can do it big you just need to know how to scale it so i use a doodle grid so um you'll see when i share on social and things like that all all that is squiggles um in the background and that's me like doodling now i'm not a natural doodler i'm much more like probably from the design background but thinking things through and designing and thinking where things are going to go so doodling doesn't come naturally to me so my doodle grids are always very messy but the whole point is that you put something on the wall um, to create a pattern on the wall and then you take a photograph of it you have the artwork you've designed and then you superimpose it on there so then you know at what points it's basically like when you learn to draw and you learn a grid for perspective it's a very quick way to do some m- points of reference on the wall so that you can actually paint big. And it's so much quicker and so much easier. And there's something else I was going to say about that, but now I can't
0: remember what it is. That The doodle grid is similar to a traditional grid. It's giving you points of reference mm-hmm. um, to place your art. And I think you you take a picture of the doodle grid, you overlay the artwork that you want to put in a... I think you have an app that you I have an app.
1: Yeah, I use the app Blend Editor, I think it's called. Um, so I use my phone. So you literally can turn up to a wall. I, lo- I mean, a lot of mural artists also use um, projectors and things like that. There's lots of different ways that you can do it. But this is more of a street art way of doing it. And it means that you can paint on any wall and you don't have to worry. You know, you don't have to have electrical sockets. You don't have to have the right reach. It means that you can paint on a wall close up. You can paint on a one that has loads of space and it's just a really quick way to get points of reference on the wall. So then you can put it with your actual image that you've designed and then um, actually draw it large scale.
0: And I have to say, Hazel, I watched the video. It blew my mind because for so long that to me was the biggest barrier. I could not figure out how can I get something big something small to be something big and do it so that it's proportions that I have already drawn and I will say to anybody who is out there even if you don't want to be a mural artist it is so worth going to check out Hazel's video on the doodle grid because it's fascinating I love seeing it in action and of course I love the mural that you came up (laughs) with you know as well um but I just found
1: that technique
0: to be really powerful really powerful.
1: Yeah. and that's the first time I did it the the video I did about the doodle grid is the first time I did a doodle grid so it is like <laughs> I'm telling you as I'm doing it and as I'm learning and that's what I want to do with my youtube channel but um now I've forgotten there was something important I was going to say about that but now I can't remember oh about just like just doing it just do it
0: (laughs) well i will say because that's something that i I really admire about you is that you just go for things and you just get out there and you do it and i think that is very much who you are you don't let something that is a barrier like like me i will worry about the blank wall forever whereas you were quite practical you watched a youtube video you saw somebody doing it and you thought oh that's how it's done Um, You know, I like to worry, but you like to get out there and do it. So I think that's really, I really admire that.
1: But it's the same thing of, you know, like if you've got a sketchbook and it's completely blank, like you don't want to draw in it. Mm. The same like you've got a big wall and you don't want to draw it because you're going to ruin it. But the doodle grid actually uh, takes that away. You know, like if you in a sketchbook, like just sometimes I just scribble on a page. If there's nothing on it and I don't know what I'm going to draw, I'll just scribble on the page. So that the page is ruined, but it's got something on. You've got a starting point, And that's what the doodle grid helps with because you you're just literally putting anything on the wall some people's doodle grids are so good like, and they could be works of art themselves but um, for me I just do it super quick I'm not a doodler so um it's just to get something on the wall so then I can start actually drawing um, and the same when you said about watch the video even if you're not interested in doing murals, that's what some of my friends are like ah I get it now like if they'd seen some of my photos of the doodle grid or like the process videos of me actually doing it um but they didn't get it like they were like huh I don't I don't really understand what you're talking about
0: (laughs) it's kind of like the magic behind murals it's like I mean it's that behind the scenes stuff but honestly I was like this is like a secret thing that muralists know that I didn't know anything about so I really did. I loved watching it. And also on on your YouTube, I mean, there are so many videos about things that people need to think about that I've really enjoyed watching. So, you know, if I'm thinking about doing murals in the future, um, you know, th- there are things about videos about, you know, what uh, you should take with you and, you know, what supplies you need. And the, the thing about you have one about getting the trolley and, yeah. you know, to help you carry all the heavy stuff. And um, so there's things like that. And then, Also, I think, I don't think I've seen this on your YouTube, but, you know, I've seen even things like maybe you have to hire like a cherry picker or scaffolding Mm -hmm. system. So it's even just knowing that those things are possible and how you go about doing some of that as well. Yeah, you've given me an idea for a new YouTube video now. (laughs) Please do one. Well, there you go. Do one on on the scaffolding and the cherry picker hire.
1: Yeah, so the reason why I do the YouTube as well is like, I really wanna encourage people to be creative and dream big and explore your creativity is what I think when I'm doing YouTube things Um, because of that thing, you know, not knowing or like people having secrets. Um, Quite a lot of like art and the creative industry is kind of a secret hush-hush society and things about payment and how much to charge. Whereas like other industries, like it's really transparent. So I think it's so important to have that as well. So I'm really trying to do that with the YouTube channel. Like it takes a lot of time and effort and I'm trying to, like, work as hard on it as I can, but obviously, like, um, painting murals is also a lot of time and effort and illustration too, Um, but I can see already, like, I've been doing it for just over a year that, um, well, even, like, you saying that you have watched things, um, someone saying, oh, thanks so much for the, what to pack for your first mural, like, that was really helpful because it's the same thing for me. Like, when I went, it was, like, oh like it's really helpful to have string and a piece of paper if you I mean a pencil but if you've designed something with circles on it like it's little things like that and I noticed that you know from those little tips even me when I'm at a job site even if it's I've only got one bag of stuff that I can take with me because it's somewhere that I'm traveling to like there's key things that I'll have in that bag um but when you said about that toe picker and things like that yeah so like scaffolding isn't I'm gonna do a YouTube video on this now, but about scaffolding cherry picker. You need a license to have a cherry picker, so you have to do a course. So I went and did a course with um, basically it's loads of builders. <laughs> I was the only girl on the on the course. Oh, and only, only girl, only, only artist. Yeah, yeah, only yeah, only girl, only artist. That's true because they went around at the beginning and was like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I'm an artist." <laughs> and like everyone else, is like electrician, builder, <laughs> and um, so yeah, you go and do that course, and I'm also like. Because you're kind of driving the cherry picker, and um, I don't drive that often. Like I have a driver's license, I actually got it after I moved back from Australia because it would have been really handy to have in Australia. <laughs> before that, I'd lived in a lot of cities, so it was easy to get around. um And so, you know, I was very like, I'm again really want to learn. So, like, you know, like, I asked, can I can I have another go on that? Because you want to have a, as much go as possible when the instructors there, rather than. Um, when you're on site by yourself and having to figure it out and the same yeah about scaffolding Um, there's different things that you can hire and it's dependent on um, whether inside outside the height and things like that and things you've got to bear in mind for instance like I was at a site it was inside really really high um can't remember the height maybe six meters or something um and they had lots of um it was like an apex so point at the top but then it went down and then they had um, lots of iron beams. So my scaffolding, I kept having to put up and down because it was like a moving one um, to get past the beams every time. (laughs) So it's like little things like that you have to bear in mind um, when you're on site. Yeah, I think I find that, I find the practical stuff very interesting for for all of this. And um, something
0: else I want to talk about is just with the murals, where do you find commissions for that sort of thing? Because that tends to be like public works of art. So is this word of mouth? People know you do murals or are you on a website or so how are you finding the commissions?
1: Yeah. So going from doing my own backyard to how do I actually get commissions exactly. for this? Um, so first of all, just loads of cold, cold emails. I emailed anyone that I found online that I thought would be interested So. You know, like I said, a lot of my work is about female empowerment. So girls boarding houses or um, communities of women in business or like. So I just emailed loads of the audience that I wanted to create for to ask if they want a mural. Now you're emailing them not knowing if a they have the money or there's something they're interested in. But I think it's so important because you literally never know. Even people that i emailed about a mural i end up getting illustration work from them so it's like it was the right audience for me it's just they didn't want the mural right then they were actually looking for an illustrator so um you just never know so i just think it's worth putting it out there and you can get a lot of no emails you get a lot of no emails and a lot of no responses um but in the beginning that's what i was doing just like emailing so many different people and this is why on my youtube channel as well i have one Videos about tips and it's about like putting yourself out there because if people don't know about your service, they're not going to come to you. So, um, I did a lot of that. I also looked for open calls for public artwork. Um, So, some things I applied to, you know, when sometimes they have open calls for a project, but not necessarily a specific project. Um, So, I pitched the murals and um, I didn't necessarily get them but that organization was an arts organization. So then they came back to me when they wanted to commission a mural artist because they saw my work, they liked my work, but it just wasn't right for that project. So it's just like getting under people's radar and knowing what your work is and if it's going to fit for a certain project. So even though you might get no's, you don't know that no might turn into yes either later when they've got the money, when they've got the right project. Um, So just put yourself out there like, so much and it's slow at first and you're like yes I've got one (laughs) like um and then um yeah and then also yeah open calls so sometimes there's open calls for a mural artist so you'll pitch your idea and your budget and um sometimes they have like they shortlist and then they have interviews and then see if you're the right fit Uh, but it's always best when people come to you and want you directly (laughs) <laughs> isn't that the ideal is that, that yeah. you know people know who you are know what you do and say hey do you
0: want to do a yeah. mural for me and, you're, and, and
1: they have a budget a good budget right yes and you're like yes of course exactly and um the same about like introducing yourself to people and following so i my message from all of this from my journey is to follow your curiosity like i just think that that and go with enthusiasm because i think that's what leads you to the right place Is the same like i was interested in an arts collection in durham and then i found out that oh there's a creator at durham university who creates like where all the artwork is around the around the city of durham and then i just was like would you fancy like can i get on a call and talk to you about the collection because i didn't even know that there was like they've got Magritte and things like that. And Magritte was a big influence in my work when I was younger. And so was Matisse, which you can probably see in the way that I create now. Um, You know, it's that thing of looking back, you can now see it. But um, at the time, I didn't know. And then, um, then they're like, oh, cool. So we'll arrange for you to come and have a look at the collection of artwork. And then, you know, a couple of months later, maybe even a month later, it was like, oh, someone's come to me wanting some artwork for their new refurbishment in the gym. Um, But I sent them your portfolio and was like, wait, this might work from what your messaging is. It is a very all-inclusive college in Durham University. Durham University can have a certain look and style of person that goes there. And this college is all about embracing everyone can go to Durham University from any background, from um, any gender. Like it's all about rainbow college they're called and it's all about being inclusive and they wanted an inspiring empowering mural in their gym now i'm big into sport i love adventure moving your body for enjoyment and coming together as a community and all inclusive and also rainbow college that means i can use all the colors of the rainbow (laughs) so um they weren't looking for a mural but because they contacted the person that's in charge of art at the university and I'd introduced myself to her. She put two and two together and was like, this looks like a big, good fit.
0: And it's really about those connections. That's what's really nice about putting yourself out there you're making those connections in a, in a pretty natural way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really nice to hear about making those connections. And then before we say goodbye, I want to know what you're doing in the future. Because I do know one really exciting project, which is painting the trains. Um, yeah. That sounds so exciting to me. So I'd love to
1: hear a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so this is um, one kind of thing I'll say is really important to um, create your own work as in set yourself your own briefs. So like I said, I, I like about women coming together, about movement and enjoying movement. So like I'd done loads of illustrations of communities of women coming together swimming or women in the sea and things like that. And it was all like digital illustration that I'd done. Just as like a personal project. And then um, an opportunity came up to pitch your idea for a wall inside the trains in the northeast and the metro in Newcastle. And they were looking for four different artists to create four different new contemporary artworks to go within their new fleet of trains, which is like 46 trains. So there's going to be like on each train two of each of the artworks. So I pitched to them to is it the Northeast of England. Um, where I'm from, and there's communities of women that cold sea swim there. This is perfect for like what I'm interested in and the message I want to put out and the artwork I want to put out. And in my pitch document, I put all of the illustrations that I'd done as personal illustrations. I obviously then had the backup of I do large scale with murals. So I'm very used to working with large scale. Um, and just all of those things came together in this project and I got the commission, me and three other women all got um, the commissions and they've just been revealed. Um, The other day we had a launch for the reveal of the artworks and my artwork, it's a digital illustration. So again, it's illustration, um, not mural, but it is a mural because it's on the wall, the inside of the cab of the the trains. So they're going to go out next year on the trains and so people are going to travel every day with these artworks.
0: And I think that's something that I really love about mural work and what you've done with the trains. It's because it is every day and people who are on the street or walking by and they're being exposed to artwork without knowing that they're being <laughs> exposed to artwork. And it takes away a lot of that. You know, people who say, oh, I don't go to museums or I don't do this or I don't, they don't know how to respond to artwork. But here are murals out in the public for people to respond to.
1: Exactly, and that's why I love working in public spaces. Like, for me, I'm not really that interested in painting murals in people's houses. Um, it's not about painting anything. For me, the message is so important, and the place, that it's a community place. Um, so out on the public, on transport. I love to travel. I love public transport, because, and I love painting on the street as well because it's unexpected art. It's in places that you are not looking for it. And so it can be for everyone.
0: And I think my other takeaway
1: today is your tagline. I love the idea that you have a tagline, yes. and I
0: love how you have been able to fit, you know, your artwork. Then it gives you a real clarity about what your artwork is about. And I really, I really enjoyed hearing that.
1: Yeah, no, you're, that's what also helps me. Once I decided um, I was getting into murals, um, I created that tagline so that it would be a point of reference for me. So what is the aim when I'm creating? This is my aim. And so, and also again, knowing my style, I create bright, bold artwork that combines female characters with lively patterns, all with the aim to uh, uplift, inspire, empower, and celebrate.
0: I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of this with us today,
1: Thank you, Sasha.
0: And I'm gonna put, um, I'll put links uh, on the podcast page to your YouTube and also to your Instagram. And um, because I know that your Instagram, the spelling is a little bit different than how it's pronounced. So, yeah. Nicella, the drawer, drawer um, and then I'll put those links down below so that people can find you.
1: That'd be fabulous. And I look forward to hearing all the other ones you create too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to, to interview and hear them. So thanks for being my first interview.
1: Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> I loved it.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Studio Notes Podcast with the fantastic Hazel, also known as Nochella the Drawer. I just love her murals and urge you to really click on the links below so you can find out more about her. If you like this episode, please rate, and review, and subscribe as it really helps others to find it. And of course, thank you so much for listening to Studio Notes with me, Sasha DeWitt.